Well, good morning, everybody. I've told each of the last few services, and it's still true in this one. I am really glad they turned the lights off during that because that starts to play, and I can't help but do the, uh, you know, dad embarrassing your kid dance. And, um, and so I'm really glad you all didn't have to be subjected to that. Um, but like, like, like Ryan said, my name is Joe, and I'm one of the guys who gets to get up here occasionally and talk with you all about the Jesus that I love. And today, before we get started, I want to take a moment and pray for us. And, and as I'm praying for us here, I, pray that I ask that you pray for me, that it's just that today, for the next few moments, that the, wor- that the noise of this world just gets drowned out, uh, that we can focus solely on God and, and who, he, who He calls us to be and who He's equipped us to be. And so if you'd join me, Heavenly Father, I just come to you today and I want to thank you for what you've already done today. I want to thank you for the, your, your care and compassion in the lives of the people who are here and, and that your Spirit has drawn us all here together today. And Lord, I pray that everything we say and do today is, is glorifying to you, that it comes from you, it's not of us. Um, and, that, and that in this, if there's anyone here who doesn't, doesn't yet know you, that today they get a better picture of your heart and they, get a, they, and they can take a next step into knowing you even more closely. And so Heavenly Father, I pray all these things in your name. Amen. So it is our fourth week of At the Movies, and our movie this week is Benny and June. And Benny and June is this great story, guys, and it's a, it's a story of love and of compassion, and it's a, there's, a, there's laughter and there's tears, but it's really a story of caring for others. And Benny and June are brother and sister, and 12 years prior to when we joined them in this movie, their parents had, had, uh, had passed away in an automobile accident. And June... June has some has a uh, she June is June has some mental illness, some mental difficulty. She also has some incredible abilities. You're going to find she has a quick wit and she's hilarious, and she has a way of drawing people in. But Benny became her primary caregiver. Benny became uh, everything in June's life. He stepped in, and even as a young man before he was of, before he was an adult, he became an adult in June's life. And Benny made decisions. She became the filter. June's life and caring for June became the filter through which Benny made decisions. He, he took jobs that he could be close to home. He said no to certain relationships that would, have, uh, that would have interfered with him caring for June. He said no to opportunities, no to being able to go on trips and do things with friends and all sorts of stuff because he loved his sister. Because he loved his sister. This is why he did what he did. And we see in Scripture that this is what we're supposed to do as well. We are supposed to care for the people who are around us in such a way that they feel, that they feel loved and cared for and provided for and protected. And they're drawn to the Good Shepherd. So today, as we lean into this movie, we're, 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 we're realizing that we're trying to do something very similar to what Jesus used to do. And he would tell stories that were meant to draw people to God. And that's what movies are today. They're just stories. And we're, so we're going to grab from that and grab from Scripture. And our series' big idea is that Jesus used culturally relevant stories to teach timeless kingdom truths to bring people to God. And that's what our goal is today as well. You know, I said that this is a movie of caring. It's a movie of a brother and his love for his sister and his care and compassion and concern for her. It's, it's a movie of, of him also being able to step out and trust that other people will also care for his sister as well. It's a movie of growth. It's a movie of, 
it, it's, a, it's a movie of, of growing up to become who we are supposed to be, and it's a movie of, of, of an incre- with an incredible outcome. And, and in Scripture, we see that, that we are called to be caring as well. Just like Benny was drawn and compelled to care for his sister, we are called to do the same thing. And Scripture shows us this in two spots. And the first is in 1 Peter chapter 5. And I believe this is the call for the people of God to stand up and care for others in a, in a profound way, in the way that we've been cared for. It says, Tend the flock of God that is in your charge, not by constraint, but willingly, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not as domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. This is the call that we have been given. This is it's the, the flock of God. It, that means it's these people that are in our lives, whether it be for our life or a season or a moment, they don't belong to us. They belong to God. But he's given us the opportunity to care for them. And we see through the life of Jesus that he set the example, and I believe it's what Peter drew from here, with, with how we are supposed to care for them. Jesus, who was God, became man, not because he had to, but he did so willingly because he loved us. He cared for the people in his charge, not for shameful gain, because, listen, by, by the nature of being God, there is nothing he was lacking. But he did it eagerly because he knew what we needed. And not as domineering over those in his charge. He didn't lord himself over people. He offered himself to people and was an example to the people who were around him. And we have the opportunity to do that as well. And like I said earlier, this is the call of the church. You see, you see caring for others is a calling. It is a calling of provision, protection, and guidance. It's a calling to provide for people. Jesus did this all throughout his, his ministry. When he met the woman at the well, he became the living water. When he met people who were starving, he was the bread of life. When he, met Mary and Mar- when he encountered Mary and Martha after their brother Lazarus had passed away, he became the resurrection and the life. When we were at our, at our most lost, he became the way and the truth and the life in our life. You see, Jesus becomes what people need, even if they don't know that they need it. And when we encounter others, we have the opportunity to do the same thing. You see, Benny, in our movie, his world revolved around caring for his sister. But first, it revolved around providing for his sister. Hello. I need to check Benny's COD. A minute. Meet me in the office. Whoa, put that out, put that out, put that out. I got a fuel line broke. Hey, Benny. June's on the phone again. Well, tell her I'll call her back, find out what she wants. It's an emergency. She says you're running low on peanut butter super chunks. Emergency. Here, June. Mrs. Smale. Mrs. Smale, please. Let me explain. Beware. The winds of reason shall blow stern. What? Undone, Mr. Perron. Undone. The mules turn to glue. She wanders off unescorted. She has sudden outbursts. She's simply unmanageable. June? Dinner?
Gideon Salad. In that order. What happened between you and Mrs. Smale? She was given the fits of semi-precious metaphors. The woman is a housekeeper, Joe, not an English professor. She moved things. She said you wandered off? Did you leave the house alone? Define alone. You know full well what I'm talking about. Listen, while I'm at work, I can't be worried about whether or not you're knocking another housekeeper into retirement. First there was Mrs. Larkspur. A woman deeply and hygienically disturbed. Her hair smelled. But then it was Mrs. Pilts. Pilts? The answer's in the question. Let's face it, Benjamin. Hiring housekeepers is not your forte. Oh, yeah? Well, until I do find another housekeeper, you are going to stick close to the house. You understand? So for 12 years, Benny had made decisions based around providing for his sister. He... He provided housekeepers, which were really caretakers. But we've gotten to a point in the movie here where, well, they've been through everybody. There's nobody left. And so Benny's having to make other decisions about how to care for his sister. And he's saying no to more and more and more things. The doctors in her life are talking about group homes. And he's saying, no, absolutely not. I care for my sister. Benny is making decisions to provide for his sister, but he's doing this. I mean, listen, he, he, this, this happened in his life when he was still a teenager. He became a caregiver without an example of what that was meant to be. And he's been doing the best he can ever since. But as Christ followers, when we step into caring for others, we've been given an example. You see, we follow the example of the good shepherd as we care for others. Benny wasn't given this example. It wasn't, he, was, he wasn't given the example of how do you care for someone who is of such high need. He just had to figure it out on his own. And he was doing the absolute best he could. But we've been given the, an ultimate example, and we see this in the 23rd Psalm. You see, David, King David wrote the 23rd Psalm, and long before David was king, and long before he was called a man after God's own heart, he was a shepherd. You see, David was a man that they say in Scripture was a man of slightly stature. He was not a big man, but he was not the kind of guy that you wanted to, you wanted to meet in a dark alley on a bad day. You see, because David, as a shepherd, used to fight away bears and lions, he knew how to handle himself. He was a tough guy. He was a hard guy. But he was a man after God's own heart, and he understood the heart of a shepherd. He understood the care and compassion that a shepherd has for its sheep. And when he described God, that's how he described God, the Lord. He says this in Psalm 23, he says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. God provides for David everything that he needs. And he knows that he provides for us as well what we need, even when we don't know we need it. And when we have the opportunity to do the same for others. But you see, our, our care for others doesn't end with just provision. It also, it also includes protection. Sometimes, sometimes, uh, sometimes we have to protect, that we have to protect against against themselves and sometimes against outside influences. See, listen, I don't know about you guys, 
But when life crashes down around me, I'm not always thinking the most clearly, and I need people who will speak truth into my life and sometimes protect me against me. Because I will make foolish decisions that could, be, that could end up very, very detrimental to not only myself, but other people around me. But sometimes I also have to have people who speak into my life and protect me against those voices of other people that I could fall into that trap of because it sounds good. And I might walk a road that I, that I shouldn't walk. And I have good, solid people who shepherd me in those moments. And you have that as well as, we, as, as you're part of the body of Christ. But you see, like I said, it moves into protection. And, and Benny takes protecting his sister very seriously. But sometimes things that we, sometimes life throws us curveballs that we don't see coming. And life threw a curveball into Benny and June's life. That curveball's name was Sam. And initially, they responded quite differently. Box of 30 out six cartridges. Mm. Medium sized green haired troll. Soap on a rope, slightly used. Three. Three. Two cards. Two. The dealer takes. Regret my shower, blue grout. I fall. Shampoo my dog. Lava lamp. Scrape and paint the exterior in my house. Hey, come on, slow down, guys, okay? There's supposed to be reasonable stakes. That's sea and arrays. You follow me? Take my cousin off my hands. Wait, wait, wait. Just stop. All right, Benny's gonna strangle you guys. Chill out, Thomas. Soon we gotta go. Flush. Full house. Yes. Oh, Benny, tonight's your lucky night. Mike Wonder, it, it was for keeps, Benny. What? Father's for keeps. I lost. What's in the pot? A cousin.
So initially, the response for Sam, their response to Sam, is a little different. June, June's intrigued by Sam because, well, Sam's a little quirky. And he's kind of fun to watch, and he does a lot of things like you just saw. And, but Benny, Benny views Sam as a threat. I mean, don't we get this? Sam is someone who Benny doesn't know, who's all of a sudden thrust into the life of someone that he loves. And he doesn't know if he can trust him. He doesn't know if he, what, what his motives are. He doesn't know any of these things. He's someone who's a potential threat. And if we're a parent or a grandparent or an uncle or an aunt, and we see these things in the lives of the folks who are around us, and all of a sudden you just start to wonder, is that person out for good or are they out for evil? Are they there for my, are they for my kids or are they for themselves? Are they for my loved ones or are they going to potentially cause damage? And that protector in us starts to rear its ugly head. I mean, any of us who have raised, anybody who's raised boys knows that you get, like with boys, sometimes you got to protect them against themselves because they'll jump off anything. Some of us don't outgrow that. Right, Jimmy? Um, some of us, but also you have to protect against the people who might encourage us to jump off of anything. You see, we, we all find that protector begins to come out when we love others because caring for others at times does involve protecting others against themselves and outside influences. And we see the example of this with Jesus. Jesus who protected his disciples in the middle of a storm on a sea, was protecting them against an outside influence that was about to capsize their boat. He protected Peter, who Peter, who had taken a step of faith, was walking on water, but began in his own earthly fallen nature to look outside. He stopped keeping his eyes on the king of all creation. And Jesus protected him truthfully against himself. And he reached down and he pulled him back up. You see, and in Scripture, we also see in Psalm 23, the protection of God. It says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Growing up in southern Kansas, there were sheep farmers. And sheep farmers would go out and they would have two implements with them. Even, even in the modern day when they could have carried guns and could have carried other things, most sheep farmers had two things with them. They had a crook. That is that, that, is that staff. And the job of the staff was to protect the sheep against themselves. To keep sheep from biting electric fences, from getting into water that was moving too quickly, from going and checking out a potential predator just to see what was going on over there. And you would pull the sheep back in. The other thing they would have, though, was about a two-foot-long rod. And that rod was meant to beat away predators, to knock away things that could be damaging to the sheep, sometimes it was thorns, sometimes it was animals, sometimes it was goats, things that weren't even going to eat the sheep but would kill them. It would knock them away. You see, the rod and the staff of God are meant to protect us. And they're meant to comfort us. And so caring for others does involve that. You see, and Benny knew this, the odd job of a protector, really well. And in his life, in their work, he built a world where he didn't have to protect June so much against the outside world. But he oftentimes had to protect her against herself 
because he knew that change wasn't always easy for June. I didn't mean to kick him out. I mean, I didn't kick him out. He just, he just left. Whoa, 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 whoa. What, what happened? Did something happen? He just, he just left. He was, he was in the air and, and, and with a thing and it was really loud. It was really loud. And all, I, I just kept seeing didn't mean to do it. Do it? What? What did he what did he do? He cleaned the house. <laughs> and you kicked him out for that? <laughs> <laughs> Do you see what happened here? Benny walked in and he sits down with his sister and as soon as she said he didn't mean to, the protector in him came out. You saw the look on his face. He moved into protection mode. But then as he started to realize that this wasn't that big of an issue, something shifted. And as the scenes go on, he spends time with June, teaching her how and guiding her how to live with someone who is different. Guiding her with how to live in relationship with other people. He became a guide into a different way of life. And he could do this because for 12 years he had built trust with her. You see, because being a caring guide for others as they walk through life's hardships requires trust. It requires that we put the effort in to build trust so that we can live in relationship and guide people through difficult moments. I, 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 if, if I'm in a difficult moment, the person who can speak truth into my life is not someone that I just met. It's someone who has walked with me through difficulties that I have walked with through difficult times with in their lives as well. Someone who has proven that, they can, that I can trust. Scripture tells us in Psalm 23, 3, it says, He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. You see, the shepherd is trusted because he provides and because he protects. 
and because he consistently does that. You see, if we aren't consistently working to build trust, we are working at losing it. I want to say this one more time. In all of our relationships, whether we are the person who is providing care or the person who is receiving care, or if we're in a position where we're just loving each other, if we aren't consistently working to build trust, we are working at losing it. Because we all are the foremost experts of how screwed up we are. And we know that if we fall into those traps, if we are broken, if we aren't trustworthy, then the people around us probably aren't either. So we must continue to build that trust. But the question is, how do we do that? We do it by showing up. We do it by, 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 by being consistent in the lives of others, by providing for people, by protecting them, even when they don't necessarily know they need to be protected. We do it, and it doesn't have to be a, a humongous thing. You see, we're going to learn from Benny that he continues to consistently build trust with June by doing something simple. He stops, and he listens. He can really cook, can he? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Although for grilled cheese, I might have used the wool setting. That's what I told him. <laughs> really? Mm. What, what did he use? Rayon. Oh. Silk would have been too soggy. Cotton would have... Would have burned it. Right. Fortunately, you consulted me before giving it steam. I was four square against it. <laughs> Wish he could be my new smell. Over 12 years, Benny has worked hard at building trust with June. Through good times and through difficult moments. Through moments when they got to celebrate things and moments when June was throwing things at him. He built trust with June. But you know, something happened. You know, Benny started to realize that he couldn't do this all by himself, but he built, he built a life around caring for June. He built a life around caring for her every need, and he didn't trust anyone to step in and help. He didn't trust anyone else to be able to step in and care for his sister. But as he got to know Sam a little bit more, he started to realize that 
Sam cared about his sister and cared for her as well. Now, it wasn't the same way. It wasn't in the same way that Benny cared for her. But he he cared about her and cared for her nonetheless. And slowly but surely, he began to let Sam in a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more and then open the door for other people to step in and be able to speak truth and speak life and join in the caring process for June. You see, he began to trust. And as under-shepherds in the kingdom, the people who are meant to, to, to provide, protect, and guide people back to the good shepherd... We have to trust as well. You see, being an under-shepherd in the kingdom requires trusting the good shepherd with what only he can do. Benny wasn't very good at this, but he started to. He started to try, and then something happened. The relationship between Sam and June took a turn that Benny was very uncomfortable with. And he had a big explosion. He exploded at June. He exploded at Sam. And, well, June left and she moved with Sam and and thought they could just take care of themselves and they were getting on a bus and they were going to go somewhere to live on their own. And, And you see, Sam didn't really know how to care for some of the things that June needed. And June stopped taking her medication and she found herself in a frantic state that left her under the forceful care of others. You see, Benny found himself having to be humbled. He had placed himself on a pedestal that he did not belong on in her life. And we can do the same thing. Any time that we step in and we, and we become We feel that we have to be the Savior. We have to be the ultimate answer. We have to be the solution for the problems in other people's lives. We are placing ourselves on a pedestal with which we do not belong. We are placing ourselves on a pedestal in the lives of our children, in the lives of our other loved ones, in the lives of our family and friends, the people that we encounter at Walmart, wherever, that we do not belong on. It belongs to one and one only, and His name is Jesus. And when we place ourselves in His position, we are, it is self-idolatry, friends, and it's a real thing, and it's something that we must repent of. Because there is only one answer to all the problems of this world, and his name is Jesus. And any time that we try to put ourselves in that position, we must remember what Peter writes in 1 Peter 5, verse 6 and 7. It says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that in due time he may exalt you. Cast all your anxieties on him, for he cares for you. You see, Benny found himself in a spot where he was humbled. But he got humbled because he refused to let other people step into a role that he had placed himself in that was not his to hold. And we have the choice to either find ourselves, to either to humble ourselves or find ourselves humbled. And I'm here to tell you, the humbling yourself is a lot easier and a lot less painful than the other way around. Because the truth of the matter is, it's when we place ourselves on that pedestal, there's no one in this room 
that makes a really good Savior. There is only one, and his name is Jesus. So Benny, like I said, June is now in a hospital where they are taking care of her, and he's backed against the wall and has no way out. He has found himself having to step out of his comfort zone and finally trust others. This there is the way to go. So now, who was that woman who starred in the uh, Roman? Claudia. Yeah, Sam. Thanks a lot. Have a nice day. Can I help you? Yeah, I hope so. Hi, Benny. Thomas. Look, I know you want to be left alone, but you do not belong in here. Now, how would you like to try living in your own apartment? An apartment? Yeah. There's an apartment available in Ruthie's building. You'd let me live in an apartment? That's up to you. I'm through making those decisions for you. So Benny had finally accepted help. Benny had accepted help, and they had guided June into a life of independence. A life where she was getting to experience some of the same things that people around her were that they would have never thought she would be able to. He finally did this because he finally trusted others to do the things that he could not See, under, under Benny's watch, June, she'd have probably stayed at his place for the rest of her life. But with the support of others, she was able to step out and live a life that they had only dreamt of. You see, and when we trust the, the Good Shepherd, amazing things happen. And, and, and when we trust the Good Shepherd, we can really fulfill our call. You see... Our teaching big idea is this. I will fulfill my role as under-shepherd in the kingdom and trust Jesus to do all that I am not called to do. You see, the calling of an under-shepherd is provision, providing what is needed in the moment, protection from, themselves, from, other, from yourself and from outside influence and guidance. That's guidance back to the good shepherd because once they're with the good shepherd, an amazing thing happens. You see, when we let go and trust God to be the ultimate guide and goal of our caring relationships, He can and will bring people to Him. Because isn't that our goal with our children and our loved ones and the people that we meet? That they get to know the King of all creation. 
that they get to know the loving kindness of the good shepherd, that they get to experience his provision because only in him can you find eternal provision, his protection that will lead to life eternal with him and his guidance back to the, to the God of all creation. Jesus is the answer, my friends, not us. Jesus is the answer. And regardless of what we're walking through, He is the ultimate answer. And we see at the end of the 23rd Psalm what happens when we trust Him with this. It says in, 23rd, in Psalm 23, verse 5 and 6, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You see, friends, that's something that only Jesus can do. Only Jesus can provide a life where goodness and mercy will follow someone all the days of their life, regardless of what's going on around them. Only Jesus can lead to dwelling in the house of the Lord forever. Only Jesus, because He is the only answer we will ever need. So today, maybe you're sitting here and you're, you're feeling this thing in your gut that says, listen, I've never experienced this level of care. I want to encourage you today, meet Jesus. Meet Jesus. Invite Him in. Invite Him in to take residency in your life. Experience His love, His compassion, His care, His mercy. Because regardless of what life is going on around, what life is going on around you, Jesus is not scared, surprised, or shocked. He is there because He is the Good Shepherd. And the Good Shepherd cares for His sheep. So today I want to pray for you. I want to pray... I want to pray for you in this moment and thank Jesus for what only He can do. And then the band's going to come out and we're going to worship together. And then I'll see you guys again at the very end. But Heavenly Father, I come to you today and Lord, I thank you. I thank you that you have provided for us. When we were lost, you, all, you were the way. When we believed a lie, you were the truth. When we were walking in death, you were the life. I thank you for providing for us. I thank you for protecting us when we didn't even know we needed it, when we thought we were in control, but the world was about to crash around us and you provided protection. But I also, I, most importantly, Lord, I thank you for your guidance back to your Father. And Lord, I pray today that if there's anyone in here who has yet to taste that, that today they get to do what your word says. They get to taste and see that you are good. They get to experience your love, experience your compassion, and experience the life that only you can provide. I pray that they have the courage to humble themselves before you and experience your life. In your name I pray, amen.